she's got nothing to fear but career itself. I can see my house from I can see my house from I can see my house from I can see my Hey guys, welcome to I Can See My House from Here. It's Sarah speaking, of course. Um, <clears throat> I listened to the edited podcast that I had of my wonderful castmates in that van. And uh, due to um, some of my friends letting me know that it was difficult to hear, I have decided to do a recap slash re-recording of the whole thing. Uh, It really wasn't that long. I think um, just the conversation was kind of hard to edit out, but don't worry. Do not fear. You're going to listen to this and it'll be like a delicious little spark notes of the first half of Argentina. So first things first, I completely forgot to tell you guys some amazing fun facts about Argentina. I think I did that for a while and then I stopped because I was like, my stuff is way more important than fun facts, but these are actually really fun. So um, if you guys don't know, there's Lionel Messi is like a really important soccer player who's from Argentina. Government officials in his hometown have banned parents from naming their children Messi. Boom, because he's that amazing. How awesome is that? This was interesting. Actually, when we came in April right on the, on the the on the leg where we were in Argentina. We didn't know it wasn't until maybe like January of 2016. So this is the fun fact. It's for a few years until 2016. If you want to buy dollars in Argentina to travel abroad, you needed to send an application to the government declaring where, when, and why you are traveling. So in Argentina, there were no currency exchanges. You just couldn't do it. So a lot of people had to do it like illegally. And by illegally, it was like, you're at the airport and you're like, hey, do you have pesos? I do. Do you have dollars? Yeah. And they'd kind of like underhand it. So when we went... We went to a currency exchange, but it was really small and it was barely being built. And George, our stage manager, said, well, that's because actually like a few months ago, this was barely, this has barely become legal, which is crazy. Why can't, why aren't you allowed to exchange money? What? Oh, this is really fun. So especially coming from a Latin American, well, especially coming from uh, having Mexico Spanish and coming to Argentina and being introduced to the Argentine Spanish. So the toothpaste Colgate in Argentine Spanish translates to go hang yourself. Colgate. <laughs> that's um, that's some pretty dark humor for Colgate. Shame on them. All right, so now we'll go ahead and start this start this puppy. So our first destination was in Costa Rica. We were in Costa Rica for one week, and we get there. And what's so great about this company is that we fly over there, and then we get that afternoon off, or maybe the evening, and then we have the day afterward to sleep in, relax, and then the day after that is when we start working. So um, that's just a wonderful little thing that, that, that we have. But of course, like most flights do, there are some difficulties. John, <laughs> this is so sad. Um, when we went away from the Middle East tour, we were told to take some luggage with us. And this is the only time we're going to do that because most of the time the bag stays in Argentina because we constantly go back to Buenos Aires. But it was just financially easier for us to take a bag and then take it to us, take it with us to Costa Rica. So John gets delayed because there's a huge flood in Houston. And this has been happening, I think it's happened for the past two years now, where somewhere around the summer, Houston gets this giant flood, people die. It's really, it's very unfortunate. And a lot of flights are canceled. Ben's flight was canceled, but he was able to get onto the flight that Matt and I were on. John had to spend the night in Houston and then came to Costa Rica the day that all of us were off. So what was unfortunate is that John didn't get a day off. He just got there, slept, and then we had to do a show. But the worst part is, I think, is that the bags that he took with him got lost. 
Yeah. So they were all of my clothes, like all of my, like the, the Madame Defarge clothes, the jester props, the king costume, all of this was missing. So, and they actually, they kept saying that they would bring them the next day until maybe two days in. The airport was like, I don't know. We actually don't know if we have them. And we were like, what? You actually lost them? Whatever. They found them. They were fine. And they came back to us. But we spent like three or four days having to use like mugs instead of wine glasses. I had to become like this pirate queen. I had like, I have these pants that that are kind of like a brown color with um, black stripes going down the middle. And they're very flowy and... So I wore that as Madame Defarge, and so they called me the Pirate Queen because I looked pretty badass, but it was great. So it was very fun how half of the time we were there in Costa Rica, we were just improvising. Uh, I asked the guys um, in the van what their favorite food was or, you know, what they enjoyed about Costa Rica, and it was a plantains. Matt and John fucking love plantains. I like plantains. They're okay. They're all right. Um, But what, what I could tell was that Costa Rica had the most, it it tasted more like Mexico, if that makes any sense. There were rice and beans and there was chicken. Here in Argentina, it's pasta, pizza, empanadas, and these are savory empanadas, which like blew my mind when I came here. And let's see what else, dulce de leche. And nice, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much most of the things. Another thing that we thought was interesting about Costa Rica was that there was a high like influx of people riding motorcycles. Everyone did it and it was great. Everyone had a helmet, it was awesome. I just don't think I've seen that many motor cars. Um, a little cute thing that we saw, the one of the ladies, because the place where we ate where all the plantains and the rice and beans was that were delicious, was right around the corner from our little hostel, their hotel that we were staying in. And one of the ladies gave us a lime, but when we cut it open, it was orange inside. What? I know. That's fucking crazy. We didn't know why. We didn't, we didn't even ask questions. It tasted the same, I think. I don't think it tasted any different. Another cool thing that we ate there was pupusas. Now, pupusas is not a Costa Rican meal. It is a Salvadorian meal. And it's basically, if you're not familiar with pupusas, it's like a, the best way that I can describe it. I'm sure someone else has a better way to do it. Um, but it's like a corn tortilla. And I don't know if it's, if it's thickened with flour or something, but it is thickened a little bit. So it kind of fluffs up as it's crunchy on the outside and it's kind of soft and fluffy on the inside. That way you can kind of slice it open through the middle like a pita bread. And, um... You stuff it with like refried beans, cheese, meat, and like a salsa of your choice. And they're delicious. And no one else had ever had it. I had it when I worked at Chick-fil-A in Houston because most of the workers were Salvadorian. So they would bring like stuffed bell peppers. They'd bring pupusas all the time. All the ladies in the back would bring some and they were very delicious. So we had that and we had a lot of fun. Uh, everything was really great. Costa Rica had like a beautiful temperature. Um, one interesting discovery that I made, especially coming from the Middle East, was when we were in the Middle East, people looked at Claire and I all the time, just staring. Now, granted, we probably weren't wearing, we obviously weren't wearing what they find traditional or what they might find normal. And so just the first few days in Costa Rica, I was just so happy that no one was staring at me because... Um, everyone was just, everyone was wearing shorts and flip-flops and tank tops and, you know, stuff like that. But then, you know, I slowly came to realize, oh, no one's staring at me because every other woman in this country is gorgeous. (laughs) So there's that, you know, so that was like a a nice little slap in the face of, oh, oh." but it's okay. Don't worry about it. My self-esteem did not get broken. It's fine. I still have the best hair on the planet. Okay, let's see. Something else. Oh, we were in a... Something that Matt mentioned in the podcast that I wanted to say that he liked was that at one point we were in a theater for about three days 
And it felt so nice to uh, have kind of like a real theater experience and not a, t- a touring theater experience. Not that they're different in like, you know what I mean. We didn't have to go in, set up, and then tear down. We got to set up. And for three days, we just had to get there like half an hour before house opens or an hour before house opens and put stuff on. It was great. And even in one show, we had a whole group of kids that knew the whole song of For France that D'Artagnan sang. And it was so cute. In fact, I recorded it and I put it on the last podcast, the one with the van. But I'll definitely, I'll just put it on here again because it's so fucking cute. Um, ben interrupts it because, you know, Ben's Ben, but we all love Ben for that. Uh, so enjoy that. And that was really fun. It was so much fun to be behind that red curtain and hearing these kids just scream their lungs out. It was adorable. So uh, this is a fun part. Every weekend, we you know we're off, uh, usually one to two days a week. And uh, so this time we decided to go in Costa Rica. We decided to go to Playa Manuel Antonio. And uh, we had asked some of the t- some of the locals there, and they said that this is a, a, a beach that is worth traveling. It's kind of far, but you should do it. It's gorgeous. It's a national park. And, you know, you can go, and the beaches are, are beautiful, and you can find sloths and animals and stuff that will take your things. And so we did it. We went on a bus, and we drove for three hours getting there. And, well, we got there, and as soon as we got off the bus, we see a beach. And we're like, oh, I guess this is the national park. We walked into the national park. And uh, we waited for Matt to meet us because Matt had to take a different bus because our bus was full. So we waited a little while and we spent all day at this specific spot at this beach. And we had a great time. I'm, I got extremely sunburned because I'm an idiot. And I was like, it's cloudy. It's not that hot. It's fine. I got really bad, bad, badly sunburned. And the water was so warm. It's the warmest ocean water I think I've ever felt in my life. It was like bath water. It was so good. And... Uh, uh, one a really fun thing that we did was um, to our left was a rocky beach in that there were big rocks, like there were big boulders on the sand. The sand wasn't full of rocks. And so there was an area where there was like a giant, it was not like a cliff, but there were a lot of rocks piled on top of each other. And another um, Amer- English-speaking tourist told us that on that other side was where the private beach was, and we can climb over. And we we're like, what? And he's like, yeah, go do it, go do it. So we tried. We put our shoes on, backpacking, and it was like a little mini extreme hiking experience with the adrenaline going and the tide was rising and people were like slipping and we had to hold on to each other. And uh, and finally, when we get to the other side, we see this private beach and it's gorgeous. There's a guard watching because no one's supposed to, oh, uh, fine. So we get there and we're like, oh, shit. Well, okay, no, we were just hanging out. I'm sorry. I had no idea that we weren't supposed to come in here. We saw some iguanas, like real life iguanas on those rocks. And it was so cool. They were very frozen and kind of looking at you with their little hearts beating really fast and their eyes like blinking and looking left to right really fast. It was adorable. So it was a very dramatic hike. Uh, oh, Ben had a, a near-death experience uh, on the beach. The waves were very tough and they were very high um, and just um, very strong. And later we heard that that specific beach, the I don't know, the, the currents are just a little uh, slightly stronger than a lot of the other beaches. But that was, it's fun because you can ride the waves and, you know, if you're cautious and if you're careful, you can have a really great time and don't go too, you know, far deep into the ocean. So what had happened was was everyone was kind of deeper into the ocean. Ben and I were riding the waves, and um, I hit the waves. So this is my version of the story, <laughs> and I'll tell you what Ben's version of the story is. So a wave hit me, and I like was coughing up, and, you know, Ugh. and Ben was laughing at me. So I looked back to see Ben laughing at me, and as he was laughing, a wave hit him. So I laughed, 
And then as soon as he got up, he turned around and was and like kind of had was kind of like bending over. So I thought, oh, my gosh, he had like his peepees hanging out or something. So he's like turning around to, you know, tie it up. So I'm like, I'll give him some privacy. So I turned back around and started swimming up toward uh, Claire, Matt and John, who were a little bit deeper into the ocean. So what had actually happened was when that wave hit him, he inhaled a bunch of water. And so when he got up, he turned around because he couldn't breathe. And he was like beating his chest and he turned back around only to see me swimming away and he couldn't get any of our attention. So thankfully he was by the shore and he was like banging his chest and someone found him and kind of patted him on the back and told him to lift his arms over his head and he was fine, coughed up the water, he was okay. So that was fun, finding out later that, you know, we could have possibly killed our friend out of just pure negligence and, uh, but we go to have dinner and it's great and, you know, it's getting toward the end of the day, our bus ride leaves that place at six because we bought a round ticket and uh, it takes three hours to get home, so leaving at six was perfect, so... We decided to just kind of walk around and we walk across the street from the beach and we're going, I don't know, somewhere and there's like this trail. And we're like, oh, that looks cool. So we go to the trail and we find the national park where if you paid a little bit of money, which I think was like 19 American dollars, you would go inside and that was the beaches that we were trying to get into with the sandy, with like the white sand and the clear water. And so we were all, <laughs> we had an amazing time. But we had no idea. No one told me. I thought, oh, hey, we're here. This must be the national park. Not to. There were no signs saying where this national park was. And maybe that was a tactic that they used. Anyways, we were so sad. So all we had to do, and of course, the national park closed at six. So it's not like we could, I mean, we weren't going to pay $20 to only go in there for five minutes and then get out. So we were kind of like standing at the opening and looking at all the photos of what you can see. And we were kind of bummed. I was mostly bummed because I... I, I took most of the blame for that, I think, because I was like, yeah, this is this must be the National Park. This is it. This is great. Because I was the one that did the talking to the, the locals about this place. But it was fine. We all had a great time. So the next day, that was Saturday. The next day, Matt, Claire, and I wanted to see Volcan Poas. And it is an active volcano in Costa Rica that is great and really cool. John and Ben were, like, pretty exhausted. So they're like, we're not going to do that today. Not today. I woke up that morning extremely sunburnt. But I came, I had a handy-dandy aloe vera little bottle, so I rubbed that over all over myself. And when I woke up that morning, I had to go to the restroom. You know, like I had to poop, and it was a lot of poop. Maybe diarrhea. Who knows? And so this was the day that I got extreme food poisoning. Or I, people people think it's food poisoning. I think it might have been sun, I don't even know if it's sun poisoning. I don't even know if it's a thing. But um, it's where it all began. We took an Uber driver to Volcan Boas. And I really needed to go pee. Uh, and it kind of sucked. It was about an hour and a half drive. And whatever we go, we finally go pee. It's great. And then suddenly, it's, 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 it's very subtle at first. I start to get a little lightheaded. And I don't know what's going on, but it's okay. And my stomach kind of hurts. Like, maybe I need to use the restroom. So we walk up this kind of long hill. And as you're walking up the hill, you can start to feel the heat of this volcano. It's incredible. So we walk all the way up there, and it's super hot, and you see this active volcano. And what's so cool is that we were reading online, we were so worried because sometimes, because you're so high in altitude, sometimes there are clouds covering it, and sometimes there aren't, so you, you really can't tell like when it's going to happen. And we had a clear, beautiful day, so we got like a beautiful view of this giant volcano, and I kind of wanted to see it to scale because it was so big, it was hard for me to tell how actually how far away things were. You know, like I saw a rock, and I said... 
Is that a small rock or is that a really big rock just far away? I don't know. So we took some photos and that's when I started to feel very lightheaded. It was, I was finding it a little bit difficult to breathe. And then I was getting cramps. I was getting these intestinal cramps. And at first they were, they came in increments of like every five, six minutes or so, or maybe every seven minutes. Uh, and they were fine. They just kind of hurt. And I felt like I needed to use the restroom. And I was like, guys, I don't feel very well. I'm gonna just going to take a walk down here. So they were very nice with me. This was Claire and Matt. And we walked down. And then suddenly there was like a little cute little trail, you know, just like a little wilderness that you could take instead of just the main road up to the volcano. And I, the, the cramps started to come faster at faster increments, uh, you know, every five minutes, every four minutes. And the pain was so crippling that I would have to stop and bend over and like breathe very hard and, you know, kind of focus on my breathing. And then I'd get up and I'd be fine. So we finally got back to like the home building where there's a cafeteria, there's a rest area, there's restrooms. And I went to the restroom and I tried to poop, but I couldn't. And I also have this weird fear of pooping in public places. And I don't know if that had anything to do with me wanting to keep me wanting to keep it in or not, but as soon as we got back, I became extremely weak. I could I could barely walk. I bought like a little bag of plantain chips. And if any of you know me, this is not natural. I ate that whole bag in maybe 40 minutes. I was just taking one and like feeling the salt against my tongue and like absorbing all that and then crunching it slowly because I wasn't sure if I needed to throw up or if I, I don't know what was going on. I was starting to sweat a little bit. I couldn't climb stairs as fast. So I was climbing down the stairs and there were people behind me waiting and I had to turn around and I had to say, look, I'm sorry, I can't come down, come down these any faster. Please pass me. And um, so we found that there is a bus that is for free or actually for very cheap that takes you from the volcano to the halfway point between where we are and the volcano where we were actually staying. So we decided to go there. I, I'm dying inside. So I tell the guys, uh, I'm going to go and sit by the bus and maybe keep a place for us in line. Anyway, it gets worse and it gets worse. So we finally get on the bus and I ask Matt to sit next to me because I don't know what I'm gonna need. So eventually I ask if I can lay on his lap and I'm trying to go to sleep, but the pain is so bad. And I like to think I have a high pain tolerance. I've passed a kidney stone, my ovary has collapsed, I've had surgery. And um, this pain was so bad. And I didn't know what was going on. It was just, it just felt like knives were, were digging into my small intestines. And uh, the pain was so bad, it was, I started to cry. And I didn't know what to do. There was really nothing we could do. We were on a bus. So the bus ride took about an hour. And right toward the end, I couldn't, my body, somehow my body was like, you need to evacuate. You need to get out of here. I suddenly felt like I needed to throw up. The whole front of my shirt was just drenched in sweat. So I look over and I was like, I need air. So I try to open the window. But we're, of course, we're sitting in the seat where the emergency exit is. And I open the window. No, no, I can't open the window because it's an emergency exit. And so I'm freaking out and I'm um, not hyperventilating, but I'm breathing very quickly and I'm panicking. And so Matt is so sweet. He starts emptying out his backpack and he's giving it to me in case I need to throw up because I really did. And he's like, focus on your breath. And so I started to focus on my breathing. And this lovely man across the aisle from us was noticed, noticed that I was in distress. And he was like, is she okay? 
And Matt was like, can you, how far do we have left? You know, in his broken Spanish. And then the man ended up speaking English. So he told the bus driver, like, when do we stop? And the bus driver's like, we're stopping in like three minutes. And so I held it and it was fine. Claire had no idea that that this was going on because she was sitting like two rows ahead of us. I was just dripping in sweat and I almost fainted when I got off the bus. And luckily there was a restroom nearby. You had to pay to get in. So Matt and Claire covered me and I went in that restroom and uh, just shit my brains out and cried uh, and was drenched in sweat and breathing really hard. So, you know, that was a lovely romantic experience that I had with this doll. Um, so while they, while I was doing that, Claire and Matt got an Uber and the Uber driver was so nice because we were waiting for the Uber driver and then I felt the urge to go again. So I went inside and the Uber driver was so sweet to wait for me to get out. From the drive to there, to our home, to our hostel, I didn't have any intestinal cramps, it was fine. But I was just so drained when we got back home. And the fortunate thing was that was our last week in there. The next couple of days were traveling days when we were going to Argentina. But that night, I, and this is a blessing, the the kind of heart, hostel that we had gave Claire and I two different restrooms. And I'm kind of thankful for that because every time I would try to go to sleep, maybe every 15 to 20 minutes, I'd have to go to the restroom again. And a lot of it was just pain and really not any sort of payoff. <laughs> Uh, so that was a little bit difficult and eventually I got better, but no one has, we don't have any idea what happened. It might've been what I ate, but we ate a lot of the same things. The only thing that I ate differently was a little cup of arroz con leche. The Claire had a cup of arroz con leche, but mine might've been bad. I think because the guys don't really know, I don't know. I've never ever been sick from arroz con leche before. So it's difficult for me to believe that I would get sick through that, but it was sold in a public place outside in the morning sun so even though it was in shit, I don't know, whatever. It's a, it's a possibility that I'm not going to rule out. I was incredibly burned though. So maybe it was just dehydration mixed with food poisoning, you know, but so that was, that was an experience. When we got to Argentina, it was a lot colder uh, than we expected. And, um, when we got there, it was great because we had four days off. It was wonderful. We were there. We got to experience Buenos Aires. Right now, we're, we, well, at the time, we were living in Tigre. And Tigre is like a little subdivision. It's on the outskirts of Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires is huge. I think it's the largest city in the... Is it the, Yeah, it's the largest city in the whole country, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And Cordoba is the second largest. But, uh, so Tigre is considered Buenos Aires, but, like, not really. It's like a little subdivision. So we were there for four days, experiencing, having a great time. And then our first show was an afternoon show. So it was awesome. So we were like waking up, but you know, we didn't have to wake up super early. And what was so sad was halfway there, it was canceled. And Mono, who was our little manager, at the, our new manager at the time, because George was getting married in the United States. So he has to live in the United States for six months in order to marry someone, from, you know, all that jazz. And he said, so good news, good news is that we don't have a show today. Bad news is that it was canceled because uh, someone died. And we were like, what? So we, to this day, you know, we have no idea if a teacher died, if a student died, or if like someone had a car accident in front of the school and people were freaking out. We had no idea, but it was, we were like, oh man, that, oh, that sucks. Oh, and we weren't even happy that we were had our day off because we get a little stir crazy after, you know, we're not working. We love our hostel. The hostel here is great. It's welcoming. There's like a full out kitchen so we can buy food and cook it and it's great. What's even better is that these rooms have a pee-pee toilet. It's great. It's just a toilet and there's a sign that says pee-pee only, like P-I-P-I, because you're only allowed to pee in it because there's one, there's one big restroom that everyone shares unless you have one of the master bedrooms, which we don't have because we have, you know, double beds and stuff. 
it's pretty great when you're up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh man, I don't want to get up and go all the way out there. It's in your room in his little pee-pee toilet. It's covered. So it's a little toilet with like frosted glass and like a little curtain that you can close. Don't, it's not, <laughs> it's, it was a little weird at first, but y'all, it's perfect. I don't know why America doesn't have pee-pee toilets in their rooms because it's amazing. We made friends with Carol. Um, there's a family here, uh, and the mother, I think, is uh, in charge of kind of um, keeping up with the whole uh, hostel and cleaning it and, you know, helping people out with it, doing laundry, da da And she has a daughter named Carol and a son named Carlos, and we've become really close friends with them. They're very sweet, and they're from Brazil, so they know Portuguese, and then they had to learn Spanish. So it's a lot of fun having uh, trying to talk with them because, I mean, they understand Spanish and speak it a lot better than we do, but it's great. Because both of us are like, Spanish is so hard. There are lots of stray dogs in Argentina, but a lot of them seem taken, well taken care of. In the United States, you see a lot of dogs that are matted or, um, sorry, not matted. In, in the United States, you see a lot of dogs that have that are like mangy and stuff like that. Here, around businesses, you'll see bowls of water or just random bowls of food. And a lot of dogs will have sweaters like little like little body sweaters, but they're all dirty, which means that someone just kind of put it on a dog and was like, that's a gift to you so you can stay warm. So it seems like they take care, they try their best to take care of the strays here in Argentina. When we went to, well, I think it was might've been the city called Huarahuaychú, Huarahuaychú, was when we first discovered how cheap wine was. So we bought a whole bottle of wine for the equivalent of six American dollars. Um, yes, please. Thank you so much. And then there's even cheaper wine than that. There's cheaper wine than that, and it does taste like rubbing alcohol. But a good quality wine, like an okay quality wine, $6. $6. Oh, my gosh. And I splurged on a bottle of water. Oh, my gosh, Sarah. Learn how to speak. I splurged on a bottle of wine um, in this really small, I think it was, um, I don't remember the name of the city, but we went to the national park called Puerto Piramides there. And... And I bought this bottle of wine called Alma Negra. And it was amazing. Oh, it was so good. Everyone drank it. It was supposed to be mine, but I wanted to share. And people were like, oh, yeah, can I have some? And they poured themselves a whole glass of wine. When I thought it was like a little, whatever. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not bitter about it. It's fine. I just you know, might never, ever find it again because I can't because I've already looked online. <sighs> okay. Meat is a better quality here in Argentina and in the United States. And maybe it's because I live in a place where, I don't know. I mean, I live in, it doesn't matter. I don't even know what the logistics are. I don't know why. Maybe it's magic. But one of the highest exports in Argentina is meat. So their meat is so good. Even in like burger joints, like burger trailers that are just out in the street, their meat is so juicy and so tender. And it just tastes like, I don't even like burgers. Growing up, chicken. Chicken sandwiches, the best. I mean, I worked at Chick-fil-A for like six years. So here I eat a lot of burgers because the meat is just so delicious and so tender. Oh, also another thing that's amazing is the Sprite. Guys, all you Sprite lovers out there, come to Argentina and drink their Sprite. Because when I took a sip and because when this nectar of the gods like went into my mouth, you know what I tasted? Lime. I tasted lime and a little bit of lemon. When you taste Sprite in here in the United States, it's like, oh, this is Sprite. It's just like a citrus drink. Mm, it's the flavor of Sprite. You kind of associate that flavor with Sprite. No, here, it's real. It's like, you, and you're like, oh my gosh. And it just like, just opens your eyes and it is delicious and it, oh my God. Everyone needs to try the Sprite here in Argentina. The Coke here is different than in, in the United States, but I will forever, ever vote Mexican Coke over anything else on the planet. Uh, Choripan was a magical discovery. 
Um, uh, chorizo is, a, a lot of Mexicans know it. You know, you have chorizo con huevo. It's a sausage, usually like a pork sausage. Here, it can also be a meat sausage. But you basically put it in a giant bun like a hot dog. Then you put, like, ketchup and mustard and mayo and, like, little crunchy fry flakes and you put it in your mouth. And it is so good. We uh, had our first experience there going to the Recoleta Cemetery, and that's where Eva Perón was buried. And uh, the second oldest building in the city was there, and it's the Lady of Pilar Church. And that is where uh, a person was selling choripan. Choripan is like a street food, by the way. It's not this gourmet thing. So it made it even more delicious because we weren't spending any money. When we went to the Recoleta Cemetery, we saw Eva, Eva Perón's grave. After some searching, Eva Perón's grave is not advertised. Like, no one knows where it is. You have to find it. And this cemetery is huge, so that was a fun experience. And this cemetery is where the elite get buried. So there were a lot of interesting things. The oldest, and I was trying to find, like, the oldest um, mausoleum or the oldest grave there, and the oldest that I could find was 1825. It opened in the late 1700s, so it makes sense that it would 1825, but that's crazy. Also, the mausoleums were, like, glass doors, so, like, a lot of their caskets were, like, above ground. So you could look in a window or, like, a door with glass and just see, like, the whole family. Just the caskets. And it was a little eerie and a little creepy. I don't know if they did it because of flooding or if because they're elite, they're above the ground. But anyway, so we finally saw Eva Perón's grave, which was beautiful. And here's a little fun thing that maybe you don't know. Um, when Eva Perón died, the government was overthrown. And so Juan Perón fled, and in the takeover, her body disappeared. Now, when she died, um, Juan had her embalmed, and Juan and his ex-wife had her in the dining room, just there. I don't know if she was in a casket. I don't know if she was just, like, standing on her own. So when he fled, and um, I guess it was a militia, uh, I don't remember... Why, who, who overthrew the government? But anyway, they took her because she was there. And for 17, she was missing for 17 years. When the government was able to take power again, it was released that Eva Perón, you know, quote unquote Eva Perón, was buried in Italy under a different name. And so, and when it was brought back, everyone was upset because the body was damaged. You know, her feet were taken off, her head was bashed in. And there are rumors that her body may have used uh, there are rumors that her body's fake, that that's like a wax figure, that they had destroyed it before that and was just like a pretend thing. There are also other rumors that she might have been used for like necrophiliac purposes and stuff, which is... Ugh. So not only do they have Eva Perón's grave hidden because just to keep her safe because she was kidnapped and tr maybe treated so badly even after death, that they put her deep, 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 deep below the ground so that nobody can get to her. And maybe she, she's like encased. She's she's very secure down there. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen to that body. Oh, okay. We're almost done. Don't worry about it. The last two things that I wanted to say was that I'm the gum is my vice. I overeat a lot and I have a tendency to just put stuff in my mouth. I have an oral fixation, fixation. So like biting pencils and biting pens, biting my nails. So chewing gum is something that I love to do because chewing gum helps me when, if I want to overeat or if I'm just bored and <laughs> not really hungry. But here the gums are like weak sauce. You buy gum and they're like six little tiny little chiclets and you have to spend a bunch of money for that. And I'm super mad. I want to buy like the big 36, you know, the gum where you can put three in your mouth and not feel guilty about it. Anyway, whatever. Uh, the last thing that's weird is uh, the fashion sense. And it's not weird. It's just, I've never seen it before. Everyone and their moms wears platform shoes. Not platform heels, but like platform shoes where there's like an inch or two of just shoe before your foot. <laughs> it's like street 
two inches of squishies, you know, platform, and then your foot. And it's crazy. So a lot of people, you'll find them wearing bell bottoms with these platform shoes, and they look amazing. And then there are other girls that just wear the shoes with, like, I don't know. It's very bizarre. It's so bizarre that even the boys are recognizing it. It's so weird. It kind of reminds me of Bratz dolls. So that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for taking a listen to this quick recap. I'm so sorry that the quality wasn't that great in that van. I realize now that um, that van is Satan and, uh, you know, maybe shouldn't 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 have fun in there because, you know, except read because reading is good for the brain. This is a recap of whenever I want to record with the ensemble again, I will make sure that it is in a quiet, at least slightly quieter environment and where everyone can be heard and it'll be great, I promise. And once we're, you know, start recording the Chile stuff and the things uh, in Asia and Mexico, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to get together to talk about all that stuff. So thank you so much. Take a listen to my next podcast because that's the second half and that was when I was in Central Park and having a beautiful time telling you all about the other stuff that we saw because this was just like maybe the first three weeks of tour. So, okay, we'll have a great day. I love you so much.